0: This week's episode of Here's I Don't Get is brought to you in part by That Larry Show and the Take No Shit Dojo. Visit thatlarryshow.com to join the dojo. It's a great podcast. Larry Blydner comes on every Wednesday and uh, shares with you some of the stories of his travels and his very uh, unique perspective on life and all of its foibles. Um, it's a really, really great show. And... I really enjoy it, and I think you'll enjoy it, too. So go visit ThatLarryShow.com and subscribe. Join the dojo.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Here's What I Don't Get. From north to south, east to west, the only formerly intricate podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues. I'm your host, Larry Blydner, from That Larry Show. And with me today, his milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. It's Tim, the Handlebreaker. <laughs> also joining me, he's the poster boy for the super stray generation. That's right, Tab Bert.
0: Welcome back, everybody, and welcome back, Larry it's been a long time since you've been on the show.
1: Oh, I'd say it's like what uh, three different hosts ago? It's it, quite a yeah,
0: while. <laughs> it was quite a while. Uh, Larry was yeah. on the very first episode of the show. Wow. Yeah. And now he's on the very last one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mentioned it in the beginning of the show, but uh, Larry has a podcast called That Larry Show, and I think you just crossed three hundred episodes in the last like I- month or two.
1: That's correct. Uh, it is. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe it.
0: Um, he announced that show on this show and somehow he's got way more episodes. <laughs> <than we do. laughs> I think if we,
2: if we numbered all our mini sodes and bonus episodes yeah. and movie commentaries and stuff, that that would count.
0: Yeah. And uh, one of the things I like about your show, Larry, is that um, you you have such a great radio voice. It's you, so good. It's like the days of classic, um, almost classic audio drama radio. So I love putting on your show, I'll, I'll save up some episodes, and then when I'm going to work on a project, um, I like to put on your show, because when you first started your show, I was in college, and I was in a um, costume construction yeah. class, so I had to sew for class uh, once a week. <laughs> And I would listen to your show while I sewed. (laughs) And it just kind of carried over in that, like, it's very, it was very soothing and, uh, like, zen. I just kind of listened to his stories and be able to work on stuff. So, yeah, great, great show. If you're not listening to it, you should really check it out.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking of transitioning just to straight ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah. But thank you. I didn't know you were that young tab. I mean, you, you, wow. I have no idea that yeah. uh, you were still a student at that time.
0: Well, I was, I, I started college late. You so did start college. I was, uh, I don't know. I was probably, well, that was what, three or four years ago. So I would have been yeah. 25, 26.
1: Okay. And then again, as far as my 300 episodes go, I really suck at math. So don't discount that.
0: So. <laughs> well, I see. For a while, you were doing Center Sunday, and, yes. and you were doing like two or three episodes a week for a while. Yeah, it was
1: killing me. I had to
0: back off that. It was yeah, too much. I feel that. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Really, a bunch really patting those
2: numbers there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. He's, he talks about um, like. He, dur- during early on the pandemic, he was dude, you were going on road trips and you were sharing stories about that, and I thought that was really right. interesting. Well,
1: uh, funnily, I'll tell you a very funny little sidebar to that. Um, we were driving through Oklahoma, Jay, okay, which I know that's where you are, right? yes, Tulsa, and um, I saw this fucking idiotic billboard. <laughs> For a casino, and it said something like, Have a safe, was, what was the safe-cation. line? Something like a sa- safe, 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 yeah, safe, Cation. Thank you. Come and gamble here where you wear a, you know, a hazmat suit or whatever the fuck the bitch was. And so I, I was so like appalled at that. I, I tweeted uh out and suddenly. <laughs> I get this fucking message from Tab saying, "Hey man, are you in Oklahoma?
0: <laughs> what are the odds?" I was like, "Holy
3: shit, this guy's honest."
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I knew exactly what billboard you put, you yep. passed because yeah. I yeah. passed it some—not super regularly, but I passed it regularly <laughs> enough to know what what the casino and the exit and yeah. all that. Yeah, it, the casinos out here were in like a a slap fight against one another yes. of who is gonna oh, sure. oh this this place there. They're they're not wiping down the machines every time you stand, <laughs> you stand up. Ridiculous. Um, oh my god!
1: Yeah, and OK city was horrible. It was like Night of the Living Dead. But you said Tulsa's kind of looser, right? Yeah, I mean, t- Tulsa totally
0: is crazy. a lot more relaxed compared to Oklahoma City. They were they had fines, and uh, the first one was like nine dollars. The second one was hundred dollars, and the third time you went to jail. Wow. Yeah, for with for the mask mandate. Oh.
1: Wow, nine dollars, not ten.
0: Yeah, high? it was such a weird number, too. <laughs> really? Jeez. Uh, yeah. And then so anyway. Well, um, Tim, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. Uh,
2: we had our movie night last night. Yes. And you introduced me to the uh, wild world of Scotch. I'm yeah. not much of a drinker. Uh, oh, and what do you I like. Uh, I, I typically, I typically like Shirley temples, women's drinks, <laughs> drinks you would call women's drinks. I, I, there is some whiskey that tab has introduced me to that I do like, uh, I, I will, I do prefer a mixed drink though. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've, i I'd never delved into scotch before. And, uh, the one thing I have heard about scotch was that it's smoky and, yes. uh, I, I like barbecue, so I figured, hey, you know, <laughs> how oh, yeah. how bad can Scotch be? be? And it turns out it's pretty bad. Uh, oh, you couldn't
1: think run. so? Uh, yeah, well, Tep, it is an acquired taste. There's no. Question I, I about bet that.
2: it is. Tab brought in two different scotches that I tried. One was called Buchanan's, mm-hmm. uh, and that, uh, as you correctly described, it tasted like paint thinner. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: And the other one was something uh, you like. Uh, it was the. It was the dimple pinch. The dimple pinch. That's right. Yeah. Pinch. Yeah. Uh That's
2: Walter White's drink of choice. Yeah. I knew. No that much. shit. Really. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it, he drinks oh. in the series. That's very very why I unique, bought it. Unique bottle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, what'd was you think of that one? Much more. Like much much more tolerable. Yeah. It just has okay. a little bit of that paint thinner smokiness <laughs> at the end. Yeah. yeah. I I love well, my, it.
1: My all-time favorite is uh, Lagavulin. Mm. Um, and that stuff smells like iodine. I mean you really, you, really you, pack, <laughs> you pour a snifter of that stuff and you can smell it across a large room. Wow. It's that uh, you know fragrant or odious depending on your senses I guess. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a Speyside scotch and it is uh, it's very very smoky and very peaty. Wow. Uh yeah. very very yeah. good though. It's a great yeah. Uh, it's a great, like first scotch of the night drink Yep, and you have one or two of them and then you kind of move on to something that's a little less expensive. Um, yeah. The, do you like the 16 year? Is that the, uh,
1: um, yeah, 16 is the one I get. And oddly the, um, the 12 is more expensive because I think they stopped making it. So Mm. like a bottle of, of Lagavulin 12 will cost you two or three times the 16, which is really weird. But
0: that is weird. Is. Apparently, yeah. whiskey
2: is the cheapest it's been in a long time currently.
1: Really? Yeah. Why would that be?
0: Uh, they repealed some tariffs on it. Yep. Oh, okay. So okay. it's uh, it's less expensive to get import. I was I watched this documentary actually a few months ago about scotch, and I found out that if you bought a bottle of scotch in Scotland, made mm. made down the road, yeah, you're paying forty percent. Uh, in the range of 40% more than if you bought that same bottle of scotch at any liquor store in the United States because the taxes that the UK levies against its own products are yep. so high that it's cheaper to go to America and buy it. It's insane.
1: Well, I mean, didn't Meghan and Harry's wedding cost $57 million? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fair trade? You gotta uh, pay for that drink, man. Decent deal, right? Yeah, yeah. So what the fuck? Of course they gotta tax their scotch.
0: We yeah. gotta listen <laughs> to your stuff, so we get to we get your booze for cheaper. Oh <laughs> <Right. laughs> uh, shit! We also watched. Uh, we watched some some for the first time some, in like twenty some years. Fine, fine quality cinema.
2: Batman. What'd you see? A batman
0: yeah we watched batman forever and batman and robin the joel schumacher batman movies (laughs) neither one of us had watched them in close to 20 years years. yeah Yeah. uh they were not as bad as we remembered
1: who's the batman in each of those i don't even remember val
0: kilmer and george clooney respectively
1: which was better uh
0: the val Val kilmer Kilmer. one yeah george clooney is a terrible batman
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I haven't seen them since they came out theatrically, and I really... I
2: well, really yeah, we, were, we were kids, you know, well, when yeah. they came yeah. out in theaters.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, good movie night. Yeah. Looking forward to the We watched a lot one. of Batman. We did watch a lot of Batman. Yeah. Well, are you ready to get into some issues? I sure am. That's always. Uh, sure. Well, Tim, why don't you go first? What's your first issue this week? Here's what I don't get.
2: Uh, assembly line animation. Uh, speaking of Batman, one of the, uh, we watched another Batman movie. We watched Batman: The Killing Joke, uh, which is an uh, animated adaptation from a couple years ago mm-hmm. of The Killing Joke, which is probably maybe the most known Batman comic. Yep. I would say up up there with um, Death of the Family, um, Nightfall, Nightfall, Dark Knight uh, Returns, Dark Knight Returns, Year One. Yeah, it's 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 one of those. Yeah, I kind of like comic books. I've I've heard of The Killing Joke things, right?
0: I have the trade paperback or uh or, hardback yeah. whatever version yep. it is, yeah. Uh
2: speaking <laughs> of uh the physical comic, it's uh, to two issues?
0: Yeah, it's it was, it real was two short.
2: it was two one-shot issues which is like 45 pages. Uh unfortunately that means that it's not a full-length movie at 45 if you if you go about a page a minute. It's not a full-length movie. So, uh to make a full-length movie, they add about 30 minutes of a prequel to this movie um prologue a pro yeah a prologue if you will setting up uh the character of barbara gordon batgirl um and doing a a wild thing that made headlines when this movie came out because uh her and batman have sex for no no reason for no reason at all no reason no reason
0: yeah
2: Uh, it's really weird Uh, I think part of it is they, they were, they wanted to go like, oh, well, killing joke is, you know, very mature. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's such a hard turn from, you know, like 66 Batman, you know, Adam West, boom, pow, uh, it's mature. So, you know, you know, we we got maturity. We'll throw in some blood. There's, there's like that really gruesome headshot Mm -hmm. on the boat. Um, and and I don't recall there being any cursing. Wait, no, no, no. There's no curse. I was thinking of. I saw a clip from the Snyder Cut where Batman says, "I will beat the fuck out of you." Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking of. So there wasn't cursing in this one, but we got to throw in the blood and the sex,
1: right? Uh, so they the part- couldn't say, they couldn't say fuck, but they could show a
2: fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. But the problem I had with it was that, uh, the original Killing Joke has a, it has a very unique art style. Okay. Uh, and this movie does not, this movie looks like all the other Warner brothers, DC animated movies. They pump two or three of them out a year at 90 minutes a piece because that is much cheaper than doing, you know, a couple of 13 episode, uh, cartoons you know one season a year um so all these movies that have i'm a i don't know I'm, i don't know if you've listened to the show much larry but i'm we're me and tap happen to be you know decent comic book fans yeah tim yes. much more so but i'm i i am uh i mean i've got piles and piles and piles um and and to me the medium has always been a 50 50 blend of writing and art
1: yeah sure yeah
2: you've got you've got the and even when you even on something like a silent issue where there's no text on the whole issue that was written right mm-hmm. the writer sure. there, there's a yeah. script of saying you know a uh, batman jumps off the roof <clears throat> right there's there's writing that the that goes along with the art and uh to me if you're adapting a uh you know like a cornerstone of a medium. Mm-hmm like you know one of these famous comic books and you're not elevating you know if you you're you're taking you're using
0: exactly the the story you're the using writing's the story all done for you
2: the writing's already done for you and if you're not right. if you're exactly if you just peeled the writing word for word from the book you're that's like that's an equal transference right mm-hmm. you just copied over you trade basically it's like tracing art you know you copied <laughs> over you didn't right. you write it this wasn't that this was rewritten by another comic book writer for this movie. Okay. So it's not being elevated, right? The writing's not being elevated at, mm-hmm. at the very, at very minimum, you know, it's an equal footing. So if you're not also doing that, copying the art style into, into an animated version of it, uh, then it's always going to be lesser. I think to me, because this this movie just looks like all the other um it you know, the it's the style that was, you know, it started with Batman the Animated series, which was mm-hmm. it's such a unique art style and it's one of the reasons we both love that show, not just as kids, but it still holds. As adults, up as yeah. Adults. It's still watchable. That that went into uh Uh, The Adventures of Batman and Robin, which was a little more cartoonier and, you know, a little bit more kid friendly, not as dark, not, you know, terribly mangled, mind you. Mm -hmm. But DC kept that style for all their future animated movies. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, they found someone say, hey, we're doing the killing joke, write this. We need 30 extra minutes at the beginning on Batgirl, write that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll send this to a bunch of Koreans (laughs) <laughs> and they'll draw it for us The same way they they drew the Wonder Woman movie we just did And the Green Lantern movie before that And the Justice League movie before that
0: I think this isn't just Bound to comics Like the comic book movies yeah. Because cartoons now in general Have all, all just devolved into this Sameness They all kind of look the same And yeah there used to be there used to be art style and i I mean it's it's happens not i mean i think it's happening everywhere where everything's become this assembly line version of art where you go you know you go on amazon to find a set of shelves (laughs) and (laughs) there's 30 different brands all with unpronounceable chinese names yes and it's all the exact same ripoff of the ikea shelves
2: because it's yeah they because they go to the ikea factory
0: yeah right Mm
2: -hmm. and they say hey we can just sell this as our own. We put our own fake name on it for, you know, 40% of the price.
0: Yeah, and then when we get too many bad reviews, we delete it and go back. And there used to be a craftsmanship that went into making everything. Yes. Like cartoons when we were kids, every cartoon had a different style unless there was a reason for them n- to to have a shared style yes. or or you know, this artist has his style, like Gennady Tarkovsky. He had yeah, his style. You know and what you that can looks see like it in Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack and Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. But there's enough differentiating them that you don't go, okay, they're in the mm. same universe. They're different things. That's that guy's style. Then they would do things where they would draw two shows in the same style, like Batman the Animated Series and the New Superman Adventures, because w- they because were, they're going to cross over, yeah, and yeah. You, don't wanna like a, it, you don't want to have like a you don't want to look right. weird. Right. Um but that's not what people want anymore. We everything is this disposable. Music and is the same way. Sure. There's
2: the same eight people writing all the popular songs. Mm. And uh it's it's by the grace of God that someone that writes their own music, you know, gets a chance to become famous. And then when they do, their producers, you know, and the labels like, Oh, here's your team of, of people that are writing your songs they wrote all of beyonce's songs and taylor swift's songs and you know pump at, pump it out ad nauseum
1: mm, yeah sausage link so i wasn't aware of that so are all or virtually all of cartoons now offshored to korea for for
2: financial uh, considerations or what most of them are even the really? even anime even the japanese stuff is usually uh, korean indonesian thai, thai vietnamese all hmm. in that area southern southeast asia wow
0: yeah, wouldn't it really i was i was kind of surprised to learn that too that and so one artist will do the proof sheet right where they say yep. this is what batman looks like you know here's mm-hmm. a front and a side and a back uh-huh. and yeah. then they send that proof sheet off and the artists go okay this is the style we're doing and <laughs> uh what's the what's the one that everyone talks about now cal arts that yeah i i don't like the term but there is
2: that sort of that style that is I think it has passed in the couple last couple of year or two, um but you know five years ago, especially, yeah, all the new kids' cartoons were that exact same style, every single one,
0: yeah cars uh, cars are doing that, I mean everything is terrible, it's almost like we're going to the gray drab world of. Twenty one twelve, yeah. Twenty one twelve, yeah.
2: Like, like literally twenty one twelve by Rush is about a planet where, uh, you know, it's all their, you know,
0: the their color. Everything is controlled by a central computer. Computer, yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, here's your computer created music. Here's your computer created visual imagery, stories. (laughs) And whenever, whenever I've I've imagined twenty one twelve. It's always been like, yeah, every. It's, I guess it's kind of like the giver. Everyone, everyone's in grays, shade. you know, everyone's in gray tone,
1: right? No, sounds we're kind of there right now, aren't we?
0: Some more and more, (laughs) yeah. And I, I'm as guilty of this as anybody. I mean, I wear the same three shirts every day, it'd be a gray one, a blue one, or a black one, yeah. Uh,
1: that's a man's right. Don't fuck with that. That's okay.
0: Um, <laughs> and you know how much of that is convenience, and how much of it is just like me thinking, like, oh well, you know, I never, I never, I know all my, my pants coordinate well with these shirts, uh-huh. and I never have to really think, as opposed to going and having these like creative designs yeah. or something more, yeah. uh, something that's handmade. To mm-hmm. p- that's, I, I like to use the the term
2: handmade. It seems like. The divide now is you have to consume the conveyor belt, uh, assembly line created media, or you have to go out of your way and pay out the ass for your handcrafted
0: furry
2: art, furry art, or (laughs) whatever have you, you know, whatever kind of person you might, Uh. degeneracy you might be into. (laughs) Uh, but I'm, you know, furniture or. Um, I think there's a reason that like in the past couple of years, stuff like Etsy and, you know,
0: has taken off, has
2: taken off all these people in the pandemic. They're like, fuck it. I'm not going to go back to my nine to five, um, data entry job. I'm going to make, you know, jewelry at home or I'm going to make, you know, wooden statues or whatever, cause I can sell them for 45 bucks a pop on Etsy Yeah, and I get enough volume that, um, you know, I can make a living wage.
0: Yeah. I- yeah. I do like that um you know that ability to take you know my bar is is there are components on that that I made by by hand with power tools but yes. that I designed and made parts for it to get it to be the thing that I wanted it to be. Yeah, you did the same thing with your entertainment system. Uh, yeah, that one's I fully designed and built myself, yeah. my entertainment center. And I look at that and uh my entertainment center specifically, it has like a very There's no design in art to it. It's a design of function. It's utility, utilitarian. But it's still good. Yeah, Bauhaus is a great description. And I, it's made from recycled materials. In that I took old, I took decking from a show, from a set, and mm -hmm. cut it down and used that as my wood to then build this thing that I now own. And you could call it, you could say it's bland. You, somebody may walk, walk walk into my house and say, oh, that's a bland, you know, uninteresting, just gray exposed wood mm-hmm. TV stand with your TV on uh-huh. it. But you can't walk into any other house on the planet no. and get that TV stand. No, but yeah. you
2: can walk into a lot of them and see like, you know, painted MDF IKEA
0: yeah. entertainment centers. <laughs> and even even if it's not, you know, painted MDF, it's the same Wide rectangle with a couple of doors yeah. and a, where your players and game book things go, yeah. and and that's that's a TV stand now, and that's what's in every house, is just another TV stand, and my my furniture, my drawers, my bedroom set is mm-hmm. the laminated MDF. It's not like I have this great 50s, <laughs> '60s Art Deco uh, mid-century modern dresser that I love that I found on and it's it's beat up it's worn down but it's all the wood meets up at nice sloping curves Mm. and you know that that was done by someone who designed it to be these nice curves where the the different pieces met and panels have contrast against (laughs) the, the other panels to make it more it's more than just a thing to put clothes in it's a piece of art in its own right. Yeah. And nothing is well, like that anymore.
1: No, nothing is like that. And, and I think that something, you know, there's probably a you know, a, a very uh, precise dividing line between people who think as you do and those who just don't give a fuck and they're just happy to have any type of mass produced crap um, as long as it's functional, you know, and and you were saying about the, um, the animation, right, as you're telling me this, <clears throat> thinking, gee. I guess none of these digital uh, mass produced uh, animation coming out of Korea are going to create any collectible cells like this stuff from the thirties, forties, fifties, you know, whatever. Right. But, but to that, I guess serving that, that need of that market, I guess, to these, what are these NFTs and non-fungible trade trade, whatever the fuck, is. Tokens. thank, Thank you. Tokens. And so I can imagine somebody saying, well, here's, here's the original, you know, here's the original uh, JPEG uh, signed by the artist that did whatever the fuck, you know, animated thing you're talking about. And, and people say, well, yeah, I got that. I've got something that's unique. That's one of a kind. And here it is. <laughs> Even if it's digital, it could be copied in- infinitely. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's fueling that because I, I feel the same way you do. Um, if you're going to have something that's not, you know, a jar of peanut butter, why not have <laughs> it be unique? Why not have it be yeah. different, you know?
0: And, you know, the we we all have to bend to that at some point i mean there's yeah there's there's stuff that you're always willing to put under the line yeah well i just need it to work and right and when there's some stuff you have no choice i mean you can't really go buy a an old 50s refrigerator anymore yeah like you'll see them places and it's a guy who they had they bought it in new you know their mom bought it and then their yeah. parents died and now it's just still in the the garage because you can't get rid of those things, <laughs> right? right? You can't buy that. But so you're stuck buying like a rectangle refrigerator with ice in the door and yeah. the two different sides right. with the, right. the drawer freezer. But as much as possible, if you can buy those things that are the things that are different, if you mm-hmm. can consume the thing that is unique, um, sure. I th- to me, I think that'll make your life better. Yeah. Yeah. To not have to, to not say like, oh yeah, I got the Bernhardt uh, collection 76C at yeah, Mathis yeah. Brothers Furniture that came with a <laughs> sofa and a love seat and a yeah. chair. Like no I bought, I bought this sofa at a, at a swap meet and then reupholstered it myself. And I bought mm-hmm. this cool chair on Craigslist and and it's just a cool chair that doesn't yeah. match the other stuff but it's it's nice it's this nice like eclecticism eclectis, sure. eclecticism i don't know if that's an even a word uh but of finding those things that you say like i like this i like this part of this let me yeah. assemble this into something that is my own instead yeah. of m- making your house look like the ikea showroom in the <laughs> brochure that's yeah, that sure. When I went to Ikea, I've only been to Ikea once, but I went to Ikea and I didn't understand why we needed to have all these like little setups of, oh, this is what your kitchen is like. And here's a bunch of stuff with tags. And this is what a living room might be like. And there's tons of those because in my Mm -hmm. mind, I'm thinking, just give me one of everything just lined up against the wall. Like we have this sofa in blue, brown, gray, black. We have these shelves, you know, in four foot in all these colors and five foot and all these colors and six foot and all. And I would just walk through and go, okay, I can collect all these, but uh, I guess other people, they want to see that. They look, go into that room. They're like, Oh, this would be really nice. Let's buy this table and chair and sofa and these shelves and these little knickknacks. And we'll just get this nice little corporate, this nice little corporate display. We can just plop right into our house and sure. uh, And they'll be safe. I'll be safe. Everybody wants yeah. to be
1: safe, right? Safe from everything. We, we want to be safe uh, stylistically. <laughs> Look, this was assembled by somebody who allegedly knows what they're doing. So. <laughs> no one will mock my living room setup, you know. So yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> this is very fashionable and in.
1: Fashionable and in until it's not, then I'll get the next trendy crap.
0: Then yeah. I'll go back yeah. to IKEA and buy the next display store right. display. Yes, um, indeed. Well, Tim, do you have anything more on this? Nothing. That's about it. Well, Larry, what is uh, your first issue this week?
1: Uh, gee whiz! Well, you know the one that you kind of suggested. I was uh, cogitating on a bit, uh, Tab, and that would be uh, uh, infantilization of uh, of our country and our culture. And uh, I guess I, I do get it, and I don't get it. I mean, I, what I don't get it is is what I don't get is having to live with that. And what but I, what I do get is how it's happened. I think, you know, so. yeah. Um. It's it's really it's really bizarre <laughs> when you when you think about it. You everybody, were,
0: yeah. You were talking about this on your show, the infantilism of our culture. Um, yeah, In the last, I don't know. Well, you've been talking about it. It's kind of resurged yeah. in mm-hmm. different different yeah. times, and yeah. the way uh, I think infantilism is really put us in exactly where we are right now.
1: Oh, no doubt.
0: Where percent i'm not able to manifest myself as an adult yeah so i mm-hmm. need an adult force in the world to then tell me what i am allowed to do yes
1: yeah oh yeah there's, there's no doubt about it and it's, it's really it's pretty fucking scary man when when you see it in all its um in all its man, manifestations you're like where, where will this end and uh boy um it's um uh, it's in, And it's not just, I guess, infantilization sort of gives you a mental image of it tilting towards, of course, you know, some diapered infant. But um, that's maybe going too far back. I think everybody's sort of being corralled into the, uh, maybe like around the preschool age, you know, where they can speak and act for things and take a few baby steps and basically stay in, stay within that little, uh, in that enclosure and do as you're told. Um, it's really nutty. You know, how many people? Think of all the people who who you see you see this on Twitter a lot, which I truly despise. By the way, you're not there anymore. No,
0: I was no, unpersoned.
1: No, they, they, they unpersoned you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to really enjoy your stuff, by the way. Yeah. Um, but um, you see, these, these, so many people they don't even they're not even sort of uh, subtle about it. You know, they they um, they view um, uh, the new uh, the new regime in the White House as mommy and daddy. They talk about them like that, like. And I see that go. What, what yeah. the fuck? What is wrong with these people? Mommy <laughs> and dad for a fucking politician? What? Where's you
2: know. my money, Daddy Biden? <laughs> Where's my right? I want
1: my money. I want my free shot. I want my my free education. I want my free health care. I want my free uh, uh, contraception. My free abortion. Just fucking give me shit. Daddy's supposed to give me shit. Give me shit. Yeah.
0: Where's my allowance so, this week? <laughs> my, right. That's coming.
1: That's uh, coming. in that. Uh, oh yeah.
0: Yeah. The. So. The way people look up to the other infantilization I see, I saw this clip this week, and it was this one internet guy, Destiny, debating another internet guy, Vouch and they were talking about uh, the risk of being... they were t- It was in regards to Kyle Rittenhouse, what happened with him, and Ooh, okay. the risk when a crowd is surrounding you and mm. whether or not you should use a firearm... Right. Right. And Destiny's saying, We have we have seen this before. We've seen when a person doesn't defend themselves and they are getting beaten nearly to death or killed. Yes. And that is a thing that happens in the real world. And the art Vouch's argument against it was well. In the Marvel movies, whenever Whoa, Captain America get the, fuck out of here. get the the guy
1: quoted a fucking cartoon.
0: Yeah, You're serious. Yeah, when Captain wow. America gets surrounded by people, he puts his weapon down. It all works out. Like, yes, yeah. in the fictional yeah. narrative where right. Captain America is the hero and has to survive mm. to the end of the movie, that's what happens. But yeah. you aren't even you're not even Captain America. You're not even like one of the secondary characters. You're the guy on the bus that got exploded and maybe they pulled you out in time and maybe they didn't. You were, you were, everyone has this, we get, it got drilled into us as kids that like you're special and you're a Mm -hmm. hero. And along with that is then the total conformity that you need to constantly show yourself. And so between all those two things, we yeah. have people that just cannot get out of their, uh, can't get out of this idea that everything is supposed to support them. They're the star of their own show.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's mind-blowing. You know, somebody somebody posted this video I saw a couple of days ago. It was really, it was really hard to watch. It was this enormous fucking bear. I mean, the thing is as big as a house at the side of a road. It must have been in a state park, like a Yellowstone or somewhere. I think
2: I saw this and one. Did
1: you see that? Yeah incredible and this this bear has this sizable hog i mean the hog must have been a couple 300 pounds himself and he's got him by the by the back of his neck and he's trying to pull him up into the woods and two or three cars cars are on the side of the road watching this this drama unfold you know and the and the caption the fucking caption on this thing was wow man hogs are tough you know so it went on yeah so so it, it went on for like 10 minutes right and it was Horrific to watch because this fucking, this hog is just screaming as this bear is re- literally ripping his spinal cord out of behind his skull, trying to drag him up so he can eat him. And it just went on and on and on for like 10 minutes. And then what happened was, I guess the the bear got tired or the, the hog was too heavy for him to haul up and it, the bear just kind of walked away. And I'm thinking, well, the hog doesn't seem very tough at all. He's fucking dead in a, in a in a gully, you know. But the other thing I thought was every, every kid in america uh should probably be forced to watch that once they're (laughs) seven years old (laughs) Uh, really that in every classroom that should be played and should be you know what people are really not much different than this and there's a time when people are going to want to come and do that to you and they've been doing that to each other since the dawn of fucking time all around the world and they'll never stop so be aware
0: yeah the Kids not being allowed to be exposed to things is yeah. another part of this infantilization. Oh, yes! Like kids yes. don't even play outside anymore. Nope. No, I don't get no. it.
1: It's so insane. We, a couple of days ago, we, my wife and I took Moose for a walk around the neighborhood, and uh, in, you know, in LA, LA is a really incredibly fucked up place. You never see people in the front of their homes. They're always you know in the backyards or in their cars, or whatever. But it's, it's very uncommon to see anybody in in their front yards. And uh, we look over, and there's a couple of kids, about maybe five, six years old, maybe brother and sister, I would guess. And one of them's scooting around in the driveway on a on a marks big wheel, and the other one's uh, bouncing a ball off a pitchback thing. And I looked at my wife, I said, "Do you believe that? There's I don't see a device. Uh, they're they're moving around, they're in the sunshine. They're unmasked. They're, and most of all, <laughs> Most of all, they're unsupervised. Oh my god! We should call the cops. We should call the fucking. Co- this is child abuse. <laughs> I mean, really, that's that's what it's come down to. Yeah. And I thought of my old, my own childhood, uh, where you know, basically, other other than when I was in school, my parents didn't know where the fuck I was because. <laughs> That's just how it was. You know, you expected to be home for dinner and and that's that, yeah, and it's just it's so horrible. I feel so sorry for kids. I feel so fucking bad for kids, you know, up until a year ago, and now with this with this pandemic bullshit, it's just it's criminal what's being done to them, you know
0: I remember as as a kid, you know, ten, even even up to my early, like right before you could I could drive, but you know, i was I was still. All, you know just being shouted at by my mom go play outside right <laughs> go yeah. play outside yeah and oh, yeah. that's i mean that's what we did and so did you sometimes we just be standing around out in the yard just like well what do you want to do <laughs> well, you're something out <laughs> we're told to be out here better not go back yeah. in there don't go in you want to try to ride oh. your bike
2: uh <laughs> and, yeah. and pull me pull me on my skateboard Nothing could go wrong. Nothing could Nothing.
0: possibly. No. Could. I remember once no. um, I was I was in the first grade, and for my birthday, I was given batting helmets. But uh-huh. mm. <laughs> and uh, my my friend and I we were leaving the house and shouted at my mom like, "Mom, we're going across the street to the park to throw baseballs at each other's heads." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, was a, that was an cool. activity that we had decided yeah. to do. Oh, sure. Yeah, and and now one of the things I've noticed because we do have kids in this neighborhood that I see out and about and playing.
2: I saw kids playing yesterday. It was great. They were running around, riding their bikes and stuff. One of the things I
0: don't mm-hmm. see is kids riding their bikes. These kids were no. riding their bikes
2: for hours. I see great. all these kids
0: riding scooters.
2: Oh, okay, and to
0: me, it speaks of a world where you don't. Your dad's not there teaching you how to ride a bike, and you you know you fall down uh. and you've got the scraped up elbows and the scraped up knees until you finally get that and you yeah. get rid of the training wheels. And that was, you know, learning to ride a bike as a kid, that's the first piece of freedom like that. You're, you you oh, learn. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Because
0: yes. now you can walk four miles an hour as an adult, mm-hmm. I think it's probably less as a kid. So you're kind of trapped to your, your street, maybe the next one over. But then when you learn to ride a bike, your world just doubles. You know, you <laughs> can least, go yeah. you can go six, seven, eight, ten blocks away in the neighborhood to the park now. You can have friends that aren't on your same street. Yep. You can have mm-hmm. you know your school friends uh here in Oklahoma in Tulsa specifically are our, our city blocks or a square mile, and that'll be one big wow. neighborhood. And I yeah. remember riding across our neighborhood to play with my friends who lived on the other side of my neighborhood. Yeah. And I wouldn't have walked that. <laughs> No, I wouldn't walk that now, (laughs) but having the bike and the ability to just go get on it and, and take yourself somewhere and kids aren't doing that as much if at all. And I, you know, because riding a bike is a hard, that's the first hardship you're given. I
2: remember we have a, a mutual childhood friend. Yeah. I remember one of his, one of his birthday parties was literally just like, Hey, Let's just all meet up with our bikes and just like fucking roam around like a gang of like a gang, you know, yeah. <laughs> we go to the corner store, pick up some uh, 7-Eleven hot dogs and some candy and some soda and then like roam around like a little child gang. And and just do stuff. Just do stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just getting yeah. into mischief. Nothing,
1: <laughs> yeah. Nothing planned. Nothing organized. And fuck, no fucking adults, man. You know, they just weren't wel- welcome. You know, This is our fun. Yeah, go do what you want to do.
2: Imagine, really. imagine being a latch. Key. Are, are, kids, are there are there latchkey kids anymore?
1: I I don't know. Are there?
2: Probably. I assume not. there has to be. I doubt it. Based on the rate of divorce, there has to be. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you would, you, one would assume. But if they are, they they're probably keeping under the QT because you know they'd be they'd be arrested and held off by uh, child protective services. You know, because a kid a half hour in a in a home by himself.
2: Oh God, <laughs> what is he going to do?
1: Isn't it? What's he going to do? Yeah.
0: I mean, there's no cartoons for him to watch anymore on TV. No. 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 Uh, th- yeah, well, no, there's constant cartoons. Because oh, we so uh, now have yeah. cartoon channels that just play random flashing lights. That was that was part of the reason why, as kids, we had to go play outside. was because yes. on Saturday mornings at like 11 a.m., they stopped showing cartoons. And, and it's right. like, yeah, what are you going to watch? Stuff stopped being animated and started having real people in it. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, man. Yeah, now it's something that. your mom. Your mom wants to watch Martha Stewart. Yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> I gotta to go ride my bike. See if you know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, play in this creek that's just a drainage hole yeah, yeah, yeah. and catch mm-hmm. crayfish for just put them in a Gatorade bottle. I'm gonna go yeah.
2: grab my uh, my stick gun that kind of looks like a sniper. That's I'm pretending is a sniper rifle and go climb this tree and shoot at birds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, we used to head for the railroad tracks all the time, you know. And put you know, put pennies on the tracks and and pick them up, and they were flattened out like potato chips. And could you imagine people today with that? Oh my God, you get killed! Don't do that, you know. And and some of these things had third rails, you know. We just hop right over them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, nobody cared, and everybody, pretty much everybody, survived.
0: And, <laughs> so. and now nobody's doing that, and that's making no. we've got a, a bunch of adults who never had to. They never had their own manifest destiny, right? They They didn't fall fall off the bike. Yeah. Right. Because it was too hard. Yeah. And they rode their whole life with training wheels. Yeah.
1: I mean, the greatest thrill, if you think about it, I mean, the the bike thing is the perfect one to have because I, I, I I can recall few things in my life as thrilling as the time my old man let go of the back of that bicycle seat and I took off on my own. Holy shit. I mean, I might have well have sprouted wings. It was that thrill, <laughs> and the, and the real the real thrill was, you know, the freedom of achievement. I you know I can do this, and that's been that's been removed from so much of life. You know, somebody has to be there. Somebody has to give you a participation trophy, put on your helmet. That's dangerous. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, it's got to be. It's got to suck. But that was a hell of a thrill for a five year old kid, whatever yeah. it was
0: three four five years old just yeah yeah you i mean you kids need to get hurt develop yeah
2: mm-hmm. kids I, I mean yes I mean, they, do. <laughs> the they do kids need to get hurt i mean that's how you learn one how not to like things not things to not do right. you know you learn a little bit about physics when you make a rat a ramp for your bike you know with like one wooden like a tall wooden box and then mm-hmm. you've got your ramp and you've got <laughs> you've got it you know there's nothing supporting it in between it and the start of the ramp. You learn real quick when you go to drive your bike onto the ramp, and you go straight through. <laughs> you go straight through it instead of you know up up and in, uh, into the air. That you need something there to support that piece of lumber.
0: Yes, I su- I swear as a, in the first grade, there was not a period of time in in that you know five six. There's probably not more than a period of a couple of days that one or both of my knees was not just skinned yep, and right. and uh, scabbed over and, you know, and then it, it would break open and get mm-hmm. bloody and get dirty and mm-hmm. yeah, and everything's antiseptic. Now that's, you know, there's, right. I, I saw this great article. It was about, uh, the hand sanitizers. The hand sanitizers has been a big deal the last year, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Because we've got to keep clean. You got to wash your hands and not touch anything. Well, apparently, some of the stuff in some of these these uh, hand sanitizers is uh, carcinogenic. It's like, yeah. yeah, we're making <laughs> things way worse by not just, you know, I'm I'm somewhat of a germaphobe. I don't like my hands to be dirty, but I mm-hmm. I pretty much only wash my hands. If I go to the bathroom, if I'm cooking food, or if I've done something that's gotten them dirty, like handling dirty lumber or working on the car, or, you know, if I like pick up a trash bag and it leaks juice Yeah. outside yeah. of that, I'm not just washing my hands incessantly or coating myself in, in hand sanitizer for this fear of, well, what if I get sick? Like I've been sick. I was sick right. as a kid, <laughs> a bunch. And yeah. you 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 get a fever for a couple of days, and you your mom brings you soup in bed, and then you get up, and then when you're an adult, you have to make your own soup, and you just mm-hmm. have to make do. Yeah, and people still want their mom to bring them soup. It's like you know you're 30 years old. Mom's not bringing you soup anymore. Time you time <laughs> you learn how to make soup. Yeah, that's my sister. Is a, I've been pushing on her and pushing on her to get her to learn how to cook. Because by the time I was her age, I was cooking in the home, full meals, full Mm -hmm. meals for the whole family. And, and she's afraid to turn on the stove. And I, like, I don't get, I don't get how, like, we have the same parents. How, how are you not doing these (laughs) things? And you know, there are a lot of people like that. There were people when we were in high school who were afraid to drive yeah. Because, well, you know, I don't know. It's, you, you just have to face it. You, when something's scary, when something's hard, you just have to overcome it. And if you yeah. spend your whole life avoiding trying to overcome it, trying to not fall off the bike, trying not to burn yourself on the stove, you are going to become an adult who has no functional ability to do anything in the society we live in. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just, and I mean, I look at that and I go, well, that's, that's why we are where we are
1: that's why China's gonna kick our asses economically and in the next war we're toast yeah.
0: baby <laughs> do you think I mean really do you think Chinese kids are like worried about oh. this burning themselves on the stove Listen, no, a, no. Com-
1: a couple of years ago my uh, my older daughter was was in uh, high school and um, you know they have all these things you have to go to plays and recitals and all this shit and so one night they had one that was kind of interesting and it, they, they had a, a gang of uh, kids must have been you know 18 20 of them from mainland china who came in for some kind of a, they, they were on tour around the states doing sort of this intercultural exchange type thing whatever right and so the, the kids from my daughter's high school you know, the, the, the band came out and the this and there was some dance and all this stuff going on and the, and the Chinese kids they they had an answer for all of that right and then I thought okay this is I guess this must be over because the, the curtain closed for a little bit longer than you would think it would when it reopened holy shit it was martial arts time and <laughs> these fucking kids were like Bruce Lee I could not believe them. I mean, they were absolutely lethal. They were like sprung steel. It was it was jaw dropping how good these kids were in their you know their, the demonstration of martial arts. Just jaw dropping, and I thought, wow, that's fucking cool. And so on the way out, I passed by the principal and I said, wow, you know that's that was just, the martial arts were fantastic. I said, do you have a program like this? You know, I'd like to get my daughter in it at this school. And she looks at me and she goes. That's not who we are. (laughs) Okay. That's not who we are. And I thought this is why this nation's fucked because that's not who we are. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. From a, from a bunch of people who, who write it about a 3% tax on tea and and fought a war to just being like, Oh no, no, we can't teach our kids how to defend themselves and fight. Can't do that. I just thought of something
2: that you could not do today. Our friend that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh me and him for uh drama class when we were real young. Uh one of the things we did was uh we reenacted uh uh Star Wars. Like we had lightsabers and did <laughs> choreographed Star Wars lightsaber fight. Nice. So-
0: definitely could not do that couldn't Can, bring those to school no absolutely no. not yeah. no, of you, you can't don't.
2: point your you can't make you you can't point your finger wrong at this, at a person these days That's yeah
0: it. we had we had uh in in even in open high school we had you know several manufactured fake guns that we used f- for scenes in class yes but i'm sure i'm sure that prop has been completely destroyed we <laughs> also had them. real oh, tasers yeah. but you know yeah, that too yeah uh, that yeah. is a great issue, Larry, and uh, that brings us to the middle of our episode, which means it's time for...
3: This episode is brought to you in part by the Ricada News Network. Definitely not fake news.
0: Well, Tim, what news do we have today? What's your phone battery at now? Like, uh, 26% I, it's, oh.
2: it's doing just fine. Um, <laughs> uh, so the first, our first news story comes from the greatness that is uh, Crybabies on the Internet um of course (laughs) recently released was uh the justice league Zack snyder cut his Mm. uh four hour epic version uh, of the movie he shot years ago um making a movie twice as long as everyone (laughs) knows automatically makes it better twice (laughs) as good twice as good twice (laughs) as long twice as good um (laughs) Well, so of course this is all after like the people that like his movies for some reason were, you know, doing hashtag release the Snyder cut, you know, release the Snyder cut it for years, years. And he, he, he fed into that by slowly like saying like, oh, here, look at this thing for this character I might've put in this movie, Mm -hmm. you know, early on. Right. Well, we finally got the Snyder cut. They enjoyed it, but apparently that's not enough these days, um, because, uh, The same people are now currently review bombing Godzilla versus Kong uh, with hashtags of uh, this is this is hashtag restore the Snyder verse. Here's some some quotes from these people. I'm never going to support WB or DC films at any cost until they restore the Snyder verse. Give us what we want. Listen to your audience for once for once. Not like they just spent millions, dozens of millions of dollars to, to double the length of a a movie that bombed at the box office for you. Idiots. Um, Look at satisfaction over profit. Uh, Please. Zack Snyder is one of the best directors ever. The Snyder cut is a masterpiece. Please give us more. So the reason they're doing this is because uh, apparently the Snyder cut is the sort of last, um the last echo swan of, song is the swan song the of, hit of the Snyderverse and, and that uh you know wb has other plans to make movies that actually make money and are uh <laughs> uh, uh you know treated well by the media treated well but um respected by the media mm. uh, instead of you know made fun of and bombing at the box office uh i uh and they're doing it by, by. Oh, you also make this other movie. Well, let's uh, let's damage that movie's reputation.
0: Yeah, I mean, in their defense, that movie doesn't. The Kong is it Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah, Kong. Yeah, doesn't look
2: good. No, I mean, I, I agree, and uh, I just to to want more of something that failed is one thing. <laughs> But to want to to demand some more of something that failed, get that more of something that failed, and then say that's not enough, you know. Give it another. Give the whole this whole,
0: you know, year long fiasco, fiasco, and because was Man of Steel was twenty eleven. Uh, Man of Steel was two thousand twelve. It came out like the weekend after the Avengers,
2: twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. So so ten years it's been uh almost 10 years they tried you they he got his shot Zack Snyder got his shot <laughs> yeah and uh just like a lot of guys they get their shot he missed yeah he got his shot he missed
0: and then they let him make another movie <laughs>
2: the, yeah and yeah. then <laughs> that uh that I mean it, it made money but uh
0: wasn't really a successful. So he Well, did a- it created that whole trend in superhero movies where they have to be like, oh, we're getting the civilians out of the thing now. So, uh.
2: <laughs> Anyways, mm. uh, so, you know, be prepared for more of that. Um, our next news story comes to us from the wonderful folks at Honda Motor Vehicles. Tab, I know you'll like this story. Um <laughs> So, uh, what's going on is that, uh, some, some, uh, models of Honda, specifically the 2017 through 2019 CRVs, uh, are having engine troubles, mm.
3: uh,
0: that's surprising
2: in colder climates specifically. Um, okay. so there's, uh, people that have a 2017 Honda CRV, CRV EXLs that live in Canada, uh, This this guy uh, that they interviewed for this uh, Jean Francois Bolo he bought Mm -hmm. his brand new for forty six thousand dollars and his car doesn't doesn't heat up (laughs) his windshield fogs up and doesn't defrost when it's cold huh Mm -hmm. and he lives in Canada yeah where it frequently gets to you know like negative ten degrees Celsius which is Mm So
0: that's not really. It doesn't sound like an engine problem to me. It sounds like a heater core issue. Well,
1: yeah, thermostat. The thing oh, is, what shocks me is those fucking CRVs are almost fifty grand. I always thought, that, really? Yeah, is that what they go for. Yeah, holy shit! And that was back in twenty
2: seventeen. Wow. Uh, wow. So uh, people complained on uh, online, and they they say there's hundreds of Hondas that have the that have this uh, heating system pro- uh, problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017 and 2018 Honda CRVs, the 2016 and 2017 and 2018 Honda Civics with the 1.5 liter turbo engine. Um, Honda then uh, in 20 late 2018 they they said they, uh, did a, a recall fix. Um, mm-hmm. It it included new software and oil change, and in some cases a brand new AC unit. Mm-hmm. But on plenty of people's vehicles, this didn't fix it. Uh and so they're stuck with cars that don't you know, work. Well, good. They work well for 3 seasons. Ah. Uh, and then no. winter hits and they don't. Uh and so the most recent advancement in this is Honda saying that the best way to get the heat to kick in is to take long drives without stopping and <laughs> to stick to the freeways.
1: <laughs> That's technology. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah just cruise past work what and the then fuck? loop back
2: yep.
1: yeah yeah uh, bring an electric blanket and plug it into the cigarette lighter. they probably don't have cigarette lighters in it yeah. <laughs> ac outlet
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, some lame shit. so so like honda is like giving people giving these people they like trying to give them tips instead, yeah. of, instead of fixing the problem they're like wow. well you get like a get like a plug-in car heater mm-hmm. uh but like my my favorite was like just don't start and stop as much just yeah, yeah. don't use your brakes
0: uh,
1: I, I never liked honda's
0: I, I liked honda i had an one like accord a- for a long time and uh, it, like- it ran great it, i you know keeping the maintenance up on it was fine and i had yeah. really intended to keep it for another three years and then i got rear-ended by a girl with no insurance so i had to buy a new car oh shit yeah it, it sucked <laughs>
1: <laughs> was she was she at least hot looking
0: uh no and she had a kid no. oh yeah yeah that's the worst so she makes a lot of poor decisions <laughs> 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 uh. yeah. well we've got one last news
2: story and i picked this one because uh based purely based on headline i figured you would love this um there is a new york city bar mm-hmm. infamous for repeatedly defying governor Andrew Cuomo's COVID-19 restrictions uh sheriff deputies just padlocked the place wow physically padlocked the place uh it this is max public house in Staten Island uh and uh he he he's planning on cutting the locks off and opening back up uh The thing. So what he was doing was they were passing all these mandates. Other than even not even just the mask mandate, but you know, like the you know the you know bars couldn't couldn't serve. uh, Bars couldn't be open, and so Mm. how do you be a bar without being a bar? You give the liquor away for free. You don't take money for it. Yeah. Right. So uh, yeah, this guy was uh, um, giving the liquor uh, away for free. Uh of course they arrest this guy and uh mm. uh he then uh days after days so they arrested him. This was eight, this is back in April this was April of last year mm. when they when the lockdowns first happened. Um he uh he had a sheriff's deputy with his car.
0: Good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't enforce bad rules. Yeah that's right
2: uh yeah. it was it was they kept their f- indoor dining mm-hmm. going they were going pa- they were going past the in, uh the curfews they were being uh this guy sounds like a folk hero i mean he, he does he really does he we need, does we need more of that yeah
1: we need to help him build a killdozer
2: really,
1: <laughs> really get it on there's a similar case going on right now in burbank california and uh some guy owns a uh, saloon there. It's called something like Tortilla Flats. I forget what that's something Flats, and uh, same same drill. You know, he's refused to shut down through the whole thing, and uh, it's it's beautiful because what they what they did here was they had his um his water and power shut off. Wow. So, yeah. So one of his so it's, you know the very next day, um, three or four of his favorite you know patrons showed up with Honda generators. Presto, here's your <laughs> Here's your power. And then uh, some other guy who, uh, I don't know how the hell he owned it, like a tanker truck and parked that there. He says, here's all the water you need. It'll flush your toilets and whatever else. And, um, you know, he's he's still doing it. They padlocked his, his doors. He snapped them off. Then the judge said, I'm going to throw the book at you. And this guy, this guy's got balls, but he just says, hey, judge, do whatever you want. Do what you got to do. I am not complying. I'm just not. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where this is all going to net out. I sure hope he wins. Um, but. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this guy had his bar had his bar declared an autonomous zone.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> That's it. That's good. Yeah. Like that. Yeah.
0: Good. Uh, God, this has gotta end sometime. Uh, people the, the guys like this are the solution to this problem we have going on is that that they can only enforce it against so many of you at once, right? Yeah. It's like it's like in school. You know, one Mm -hmm. kid throws mashed potatoes to start a food fight and that kid's going to the principal's office. But once everyone's throwing, throwing stuff around, there's really not a way to punish everyone all at once. So the way to to end the lockdowns is to just go open your business, go open your bar, go to the restaurants, support these places that want to stay open. uh, Mm -hmm. And they can't, there's not enough cops to force us all to be in our homes.
1: Yeah. It's like the storming of Area Fifty-One.
0: Yeah, they
1: can't get us all. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, is that it for news, Tim? I believe so. Well, this is is that
1: really from from uh, Nick's feed, or...
0: Oh no, that's just a a joke in the show. Just a joke. Okay. Yeah. We like the next year. Yeah. Well, this has been. Sometimes you lose. Well, th- uh, <laughs> that takes care of our legal obligations this week, Tim, but you know what it doesn't take care of? What? Declaring my house an autonomous <laughs> zone. If you want to help with that, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWADG, which stands for... Here's what I don't get. And over there, we have five tiers. We have the one buck tier, which gets you early access to each week's episode, plus our monthly minisodes. And video of the episodes as they are released. We have our $2 tier where we throw the random bits and bobs we do. Um, now that theaters are starting, movie theaters are starting to reopen, we'll probably start doing some before and afters again. I don't hmm. know about that. What, what, do you, what do you mean? I mean, I'm sure there'll be... No, no good movies. Yeah. Well, that, but also <laughs> I'm sure
2: they are going to be real sticklers about the, quote, rules. End quote.
0: Oh. oh, you, you want to know how to end that real quick? Yeah, how? <laughs> done. <laughs> Just take someone hostage and watch all the movie you want. Yeah, uh, there you go. Then we have our five dollars tier where we do our monthly bonus episodes. Here's what I do get, uh, and then we have our ten dollars tier where you, the fan, submit a film. We sit down and watch it and record a feature length commentary. Uh, this month we have a bunch of submissions. In I think there were thirteen submissions in all. Wow, or no, twelve, twelve or thirteen submissions and all. And those are available right now to vote. The options are Stargate, It's a Wonderful Life, Red mm. Dawn, Punisher Warzone, Crippled Masters, PCU, The Next Karate Kid, Don't Breathe, and Top Secret. Um, mm. So go vote on those. The voting's in the Discord, and it'll be posted on some of the episode links as they come out. And then finally, we have our $50 tier where you, the fans, get a say in the show. You can request special guests like Larry. I didn't. I don't think I mentioned this at the beginning, but um, Larry was specifically asked if we bring you back on the show. Um, really? Yes. And who was it that asked for it? I think it was Hamilton Burger requested it. I'll be dead. I'm I'm honored. Thank you, Hamilton. Um, We have, you can ask for specific issues or bonus movie commentaries or, or X special bonus episodes, try and get guests, Uh, anything you want to request. We will try our best to fulfill when possible. Uh, We have a few more guest requests coming up in the next few weeks. Um, Part of that is based on the schedule of the person who's guesting. So we'll be teasing those as they come. But, uh, yeah, thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to everybody who supports the show. You yep. make you make the show able to ha- – you make the show – you are the reason why the show is able to happen. <laughs> so we do, do appreciate it. And uh, let me get into the last issue this week. Here's what I don't get. Thinking gasoline vehicles are going to be obsolete. Uh, I saw – I read an article this week about – so the Grumman LLV, the – classic mail car yeah. that we've it's been around since 1987 in 1987 mm-hmm. Grumman was given the uh, contract to make these long life vehicles. And with the goal of those vehicles serving for at least 24 years, and then it was b- bumped up to 30. So since 1987, we've been using the same vehicles. It's been 35 years now, 34 years now, and they're starting to retire that fleet. The, those vehicles were only made between 1987 and 1994. Wow. So seven years, they made all of the postal cars we have now. Currently, Yeah. Huh. Wow. They, they use a right. very small engine. They're very energy, fuel efficient for 1987 times. Yeah. Now, now right. they're a little mm-hmm. bit behind the curve. Um, they're very simple machines, front mm-hmm. wheel drive. They have tons of replaceable parts. They're, great. they're a great vehicle. You can't buy one yourself because, yeah. you know, yeah. why would the government allow you to have a car that will last 30 years? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're they're talking about uh, retiring those and bringing a new fleet, and the mm. new fleet was awarded to Oshkosh Defense. They designed yes. this new, um, very goofy-looking vehicle. The duck bill. Yeah. yeah. It's got a huge yeah. front window and a tiny smushed, uh, the huge front bay. window i understand like
2: yeah. that's a that's a great design choice but i don't understand that jutting out duckbill looking thing of it
0: well it's so they can put the little i think it's a 2.2 liter engine they're going to be putting in these um so that's it so you have the maximum cargo room and you also put a small engine in it like your big uh ups trucks those use big diesel engines yeah. So they're not as fuel efficient. The idea of these so LLVs... So why can hear them
2: coming down two blocks away.
0: <laughs> yeah, the idea of these LLVs is that they'll be very fuel efficient to you know, save a ton of money. Well, there is some controversy because uh, Biden just signed an executive order mandating that all federal government vehicles, <laughs> the federal government vehicle fleet, switch to an all-electric fleet by 2035. Okay. But... I mean, it gives them some time. Yes, but the post office is going ahead with this already predetermined and filled out contract that went underneath under Trump's administration Uh to start buying and building these Oshkosh defense. Yeah, and I
2: bet they're supposed to last way longer than past 2035.
0: Exactly. And... The the people are horrendously upset. And the woman in the article that I read had this quote saying, why would we waste all this money making a vehicle that will be obsolete in 10 years? Thinking that we're going to switch to electric vehicles. Thinking that gasoline engines are going to be obsolete. And mm-hmm. I I just, so just look at that at the surface level. If you snapped your fingers, right? And you got all the gasoline cars off the roads. And we all right. switched to electric vehicles. Yeah. The far-reaching implications of that, of what that will destroy. You are no longer going to have auto parts stores because these electric cars, like Tesla and the BMW stuff and the Volvo ones, they don't have user serviceable parts user serviceable parts. You can just no. swap out.
2: No, you have to buy or, a new
0: one. Yeah, you have to go to, to a Tesla service center to have these cars worked on. So, take it back. Yeah, your your <laughs> auto zones are all gone. Yeah. Gas stations all gone. Yeah, mechanic mm-hmm. shops. Mechanics aren't. They work on gasoline engines that you know use differentials and transmissions and gearboxes and all of these mechanical parts. Well, now so much of that is controlled by the ECU and it's just a direct bolt-on part. Tesla and motors are attached directly to the wheels. There's no shifting. Wow. It's, there's there's this the three and th- three motor models which are all-wheel drive. I believe have two motors in the back and one motor in the front and the motor in the front goes into a different, a a differential that then powers both wheels, Mm -hmm. but that's not in, that's not the way real cars are made. So all your mechanic shops, those places are gone. Tires, I guess will be able to keep tire shops. That's, that's one thing you can still use or service on Tesla's for now, for now Uh, until they introduce their own special Tesla tweel.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's in each tire tread is uh it's like a QR code for mm-hmm. your
0: car. Yeah. And so, if the QR code doesn't match the car won't start. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The uh you have hundreds of thousands of jobs in the oil industry just poof. It's gone. Uh-huh. Um all for, And that's just on the gasoline side of the equation of things that will go horribly wrong, yeah, yeah. that they're not really factoring into this, this thought of gasoline engines are going to be obsolete by 2035. Because on top of all of that, you have all of the problems that come along with electric vehicles. Like we just saw in Texas, there was a huge strain on their power system and it caused rolling blackouts all over. Well, what happens when you have to charge a 400,000 milliamp hour battery every night at your house. What what happens to for the mining to get all this lithium out of the ground to put into these batteries, to put into these cars? Yeah. There there are something like 400,000 cars in the, or is it? No, maybe it's 400 million cars in the United States. Uh, What you, you're going to replace all those with electric cars? Now, some of those are like people who have multiple cars, sure, obviously. Sure, sure. But you, just one-to-one, you're going to just replace right. those with where are you going to get all this, these batteries. The batteries aren't recyclable. They're terrible for the environment. Yep. You're running. You're using coal power plants to charge the damn thing, which <laughs> is just as bad as gasoline, if not worse. And then the yep. biggest problem with electric vehicles and why they'll never overtake gasoline, I left Tampa Bay at about 11 a.m., on Sunday, and I drove 17 hours back to Tulsa, and that includes that 17 hours of of stops, going to the bathroom, getting food, all of that kind of things. It was only 16 hours in the car. Okay. You can't do that in an electric vehicle. Nope. No. That that drive is at least twice as long because I have to charge the car every 400, 500 miles, 600 miles in some these I have to charge the car, and the car, charging takes a minimum of two hours.
2: I mean it, that's part of the societal implication. So yep. when I was uh when my grandparents were living, uh they lived three three about three and a half hours away, mm-hmm. which is like just on that just it's like right on the high edge of like, let's go visit grandma and grandpa on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Get up early Saturday morning, drive to grandma and grandpa's, leave leave Sunday afternoon, enough time to you go home do your homework before Monday. Yeah. Right. Uh can't do that with an electric car right yeah how long how well, long is how long does an electric car battery last these days
0: uh i think the tesla models are in the five and six hundred mile ranges now so well, yeah
1: so that's well, there's another manufacturer coming out that's supposed to be the tesla killer but my bet is musk will just buy it loosened <laughs> <Called Lucent, laughs> air right and and um they're supposed to have one out very soon. It's it ain't cheap. I think it's like one hundred and sixty grand. Um, but their claim is that it has a five or six hundred mile range, it delivers a thousand horsepower, and it will reach. It'll recharge in twenty minutes. They claim, so that could be a game changer. You know, yeah, I mean, that kind of a range and that and that uh, fast recharge. But uh, you know, has it been proven? I don't know.
2: But you know, even, even if it is, know. even if that is a game changer, and then is suddenly adopted industry wide. Mm-hmm. The adoption rate through society will take so long.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Be- sure will. Because we still have, we we don't yet have. Because what are you going to do with your own car? Yeah. Well, <laughs> we don't have. Oh,
1: the, go- the government will buy it from you. Remember, <laughs> who was it? was it? Was it Bush? Who the fuck was it? Cash for clunkers? That was Obama. Remember that? Oh, Obama. yeah. Cash was for yeah, clunkers. Remember that yeah. idiotic plan?
0: Yeah. It completely short-circuited the, the used car market because yeah. they took all of these, like, there's a trickle down, right? Yeah, the wealthy right. buy brand new cars, and then after five or six years, they sell them to the first used um, yeah, okay. car market, which right. you're buying them still for a decent percentage of the original cost, and mm-hmm. you drive it five or six years, and then it goes down. It trickles down. Well, what ended up happening was the middle and upper middle class people all traded in their cars, but instead of it trickling down to the lower middle class and the the underclass of people, uh, those cars just disappeared in the ether. And so made suddenly, all the other ones go up in Yeah, this middle market is just gone for everyone. Yeah. And they didn't think that through. And that's what's going to happen again is we do so not we seeing a secondary market of electric cars yet. Yeah. In right. that you're not seeing Teslas at your local used car lot. And when we do, you know, my phone battery, when I first got it, 14 hours of uptime, well, now it's closer to like... <laughs> 11 hours of uptime. Yeah. So these giant batteries, you know, you buy a car that has a 4 to 600 mile range when you first buy it, and then 5 or 6 years later of constant discharge and recharge cycles, now it's closer to like 5 550 450 350 sure. and now I'm selling that to you on the used mm-hmm. car market, you think, "Oh, I get this great deal." But you have a car that only works partially. And then there's the big problem of, you know, movie night I, I we go over we go over to Truckin Tuckin's house for movie night. Yeah, yeah. Now I just pull into the park into his driveway and get out of the car and leave. You know, come and go as I please. If I need gas, I stop and get gas on the way there. Yeah. Well, now I have an electric car. I'm low on miles. I have to get home. Can I plug my my car into your house and run your electricity bill up? No, you can go <laughs> fuck yourself. Right. Sure. It's one thing for you to charge your phone. Now you're charging this gigantic kilowatt hour battery. (laughs)
4: Yeah.
0: You know how much that shit costs me? No. It's not like if I, you know, I have a gas car and you have an electric car. You're constantly charging your car at my house. You're not buying me gas to replace it. (laughs) You know the gas station now is now all the gas pumps are are charging stations. To, you know these <laughs> days you pull into the gas station, oh all the pumps are full. It's rush hour. I'm 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 on empty. I have no other choice. I need gas right now. I gotta I gotta sit here and wait five minutes. I got you know five minutes. Maybe circle a couple of times and yeah. someone pulls out and I slide in. Well, yeah. you pull in and it's like all these people are charging. I, we have these new 20 minute batteries, but this guy still has an old two hour battery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, I guess I'll just sit here with my thumb in my ass. Good thing there's
2: only eight stations charging here.
1: All I can imagine is some aftermarket uh, smart ass is going to come up with a, uh, you know, a to-go a to to charger, something maybe roughly the size of a, you know, a, a typical combustion car battery that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can stick in the well, do they have trunks? I don't know. Somewhere in a car, <laughs> and and you know you can plug into that thing, and it'll take you another fifty or hundred miles or something like that. That's what I'm guessing. It'll be try to skin that cat.
0: It'll be a like a little gas generator mod that yeah. you put in. You put in the trunk <laughs> of your Tesla and replace the the trunk lid with one that has vents and that'll come out and plug into your car and you can, you know, your car dies, you pop the, the, the trunk, you yank on the, the cord and then you plug it in and charge your car off of that. In which case you've just made a gasoline powered car with too many extra steps. That's right. That's right. It's gonna be
1: interesting to see though, because I can I can hear them spinning it, Tab, because I hear everything you're saying about, you know, goodbye Pep Boys and AutoZone and basically the whole entire automotive aftermarket. And these wonks will be saying, Yeah, Yo, well, you know, there were there used to be blacksmiths and livery stables and they're <laughs> all gone. You know, that that's what they're gonna say.
0: That is yeah, that is the exact argument I believe was coming. But the other yeah. funny thing about specifically the the objection to the Oshkosh defense which i just sounds really funny to think yeah, of yeah it does uh, yeah, your mail truck is being like by the same people that make uh child's overalls and tanks i just imagine that's what's in my head i mean in right. my head yeah. it's that duckbill yeah.
2: mail car in yeah. overalls yeah with like a right. with like a striped sweater uh yeah
0: so one of the problems with mail trucks is okay, yeah. You it's got a four hundred mile range. That's four hundred miles of I get on the highway and drive four hundred miles. You yes. can do that. Sitting in traffic and this thing is running your AC and your radio and all the other electronics. That mileage drops really, really quickly. So like, so you have this little stop and go car zipping around neighborhoods. How how many miles are you really getting out of this? It it's considerably larger than the current LLVs with, I think the purpose of you can get more mail in there, which means fewer routes, which means fewer paychecks, but it's going to be the same number of routes. It's going to be even maybe more routes. If this thing can't drive in any real function in these rural routes where you're going to a a one post office and then you're driving two miles between mailboxes, sometimes like it's, it's completely impractical. For this application, I get it. You want to save the world. You want to do this. We're going to replace everything with electric vehicles. I don't really care. I don't have to drive one. I'll continue to drive my V eight until the thing fucking explodes. (laughs) Uh,
1: That's what I I do with my cars, man. Drive (laughs) them to the ground.
0: Yeah. The the benefit to me, the taxpayer, of buying an electric vehicle when you know for you to cruise around DC and do your little things is far outweighed by a thing that really needs function a mail truck is a that's why it's ugly yeah right it's a vehicle that's made for function it's not made to for you guys to go to your little lunches that i'm also paying for it's made to take (laughs) things that i need and bring them to me in my house and everyone who lives around me in a certain area of time like what's next are you gonna make electric garbage trucks sure do we need all that to be shiny and polished too the contract is done. Gasoline's not going to be obsolete because even even if all consumer cars switch, they're never they're never going to make electric semis. Alloy air cars, two lanes wide. <sighs>
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then well, wasn't there some fuckery? Like there was another uh, company. I think it was Workhorse. Figured they kind of had a lock on this deal, or maybe, maybe even like a letter of, uh, of intent or something from the Postal Service. And then at the last minute, they flipped and, and chose uh, um, Oshkosh. And so they're challenging it. I mean, good luck with that, yeah
0: but, the, so. th- this whole thing is gonna be a mess with with this executive order that's coming through and all mm-hmm. of the other stuff that's gone gone around in front of it uh, yeah. it's but it's it's more asinine to me to think that we the future I don't think the future is an electric car not until we get battery charging to a place where. It can be nearly instantaneous. Charging and batteries. And battery capacity can be uh, into it in a good spot. I'm happy that that things like Tesla are making this and Volvo and BMW are trying this technology because it has to exist in order for it to develop. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. to say, okay, GM, Ford, you are only going to make electric cars by 2030. It's like, yeah, but what if nobody wants them? Yeah. Right.
2: What if in five years we figure out, like, you know, non-impactful nuclear-powered engines. Yeah.
1: Now you're talking to him. That, you know what? Had it not been for Hanoi Jane Fonda and her shitty movie China syndrome back in the 70s, that's exactly what we'd be driving. That fucking movie ground um, nuclear development to a halt, just the same as, uh, you know, Al Gore's shitty movie uh, created all this uh, climate nonsense.
0: Yeah. It, it did. If. Uh, if you live in an area with a nuclear power plant, now an electric car is very green yeah, but if you live in in one of the many places that do not use nuclear power you Coast, d- coastal
2: elite there's a reason that's a term
0: yeah it's these it's
2: the people that come up with these ideas yeah. that because they live on massively po- in massively populated urban areas with transit and like, like you get everything first already. And you're rich. So you get like even even the cutting edge stuff first early, like you have you have access to all this stuff uh that
0: other people don't like you you where's the local, where's the closest charging station? I have no idea. Well, um I have seen charging stations at a couple of grocery stores mm. and a couple of uh parking lots downtown will have like one or two spaces. Yeah. And some of them are free and some of them aren't, but I wonder, you know, is if I, you know, I work in a big downtown office building and we have this big parking lot uh, and, and it has charging stations. Is that going to be like part of my monthly parking? And I just can just, oh yeah, as, as a bonus, you get to charge your car no, 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 or am no, I going to have to swipe my card you're have to and like swipe no, you're fucking swipe your card. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or what yeah. if I work for a private company, right? Like I work for a little mom and pop store and they put in a, a couple of charging stations for their employees. Are they going to just eat that cost of charging everyone's car every day. And then, or they're going to lower my pay. It's just (laughs) such an unfeasible method of, of transportation, you know, a gallon with a gallon of gasoline I can t- I can put it in my car. I can drive 60 miles in 60 minutes. Well, right. 20 miles in 20 minutes. And with one gallon of gasoline, you can't right. do that with anything else. There's nothing right. else that's like that. There's so much potential energy in gasoline. And that's 20 miles in 20 minutes in my car that's horrendously inefficient with gasoline. Yeah. You can put those in some cars now. You can go 40, 50, 60 miles. One gallon. Sure. And it, it's got 14 gallons of that magical juice that's in there (laughs) Yeah, to deny ourselves use of this liquid dinosaurs to to deny ourselves use of this technology just for Mm -hmm. our our own good feelings cars aren't creating this pollution (laughs) yeah no it's the it's boats like the um ever given that's That's what's causing the pollution
1: yeah it's true it's absolutely true
0: it's china and we're just tying our own hands for the sake of Going like, oh, well, we we the federal government has only electric vehicles now because we care about the environment. We care. We care. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know how they'll do it, too, Tab, is I, I uh, if it, you know, there's no reasonable, I don't I don't see the current direction of government changing maybe ever. You know, it seems like they've got a lock on it. And if people aren't compliant. Right. About uh, leading the charge into electric vehicle land. They'll just fucking tax the shit out of every gallon of that gas until it becomes economically undesirable mm-hmm. to run a car like yours. And you, you know, now they'll force you into electric cars. Like uh, cigarettes.
0: Yeah. Pete Buttigieg, yeah, exactly. yeah. he's talking about a per mile tax on oh, cars. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing. There's a huge amount of of tax money yeah. in gasoline sales. Sure. So that if you, if you know, snap your fingers and it's all electric cars, that tax mm-hmm. is going somewhere else yeah. because they're not going to yeah. live without it. It's the same thing with cigarettes, right? They, they mm-hmm. raised the taxes on cigarettes here in Oklahoma, and I'm, I'm sure nationwide, but here in Oklahoma, they raised the tax on cigarettes and they said, all right, we're going to use these new higher taxes on cigarettes to pay for schools. Uh-huh. And then people are like, well, I don't want to pay $7 a pack for Marlboro Lights. I I'll just quit. And they quit smoking. And the syntax just fell through the floor. They were making less money on a higher tax somehow. So then what did they do? Well, they raised the tax even more. And it's just this cycle of it not paying off. So then they talk about adding taxes to other things to, quote, pay for schools. And it's like, well, why don't you guys just lay off some of these principals and superintendents that we don't there need?
1: You go. There you go. <laughs> no, they can't do that. Nah. Hey, how much is a gallon of gas in Oklahoma? These days?
0: Um, I buy I buy an ethanol free um 87 octane for my car and it is I think it's been hovering between 2.90 and 3.10 for the last couple weeks.
2: It's been under 3
0: for the good amount of Yeah. I think regular, regular gasoline is like still about 2.50. Yeah, a
1: regular here is a, a almost four bucks. In wow. fact, it's more than four in some places. But you know, it's, you can get it for three eighty five, three ninety for eighty seven octane regular. It's wow. sick, and so much of that is is tax, and the, the roads are pathetic. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> everybody, everybody keeps you know they argue when you when you come with the libertarian point of view yeah. of like we don't need government, and they say, well, who's going to build the roads? Well, we got a shitload of government right now, and our roads are dog shit. <laughs> yep, is not true. Yes. Yes. So why don't we try having some – just like get some – I was driving down uh, Memorial, which is one of our big roads here in town. I'm driving down Memorial, and it's just – it looks like a third world country that we bombed <laughs> de- a decade ago, and they're, they're you know they've come in every crack that's formed, just laid in some asphalt, and that's slowly chipped right. out. Well, I'm cruising down Memorial, and here these guys are just shoveling more asphalt into on top of the already just pockmarked asphalt concrete, and it's mm-hmm. like you know if you guys had just done this right the first time and did a good job and did regular maintenance, uh, you wouldn't be here patching this exact same hole yeah. again. Sure. Let's just give it to a random guy. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. pay some random guy $500 a year and he can make the roads.
1: Yeah. Be better that way, I'm sure.
0: Because <laughs> then when I hit a pothole and blow out a tire, I can call that guy and be like, hey, where the, what the fuck, man? <laughs>
1: right. Get out of here.
0: <laughs> I paid you for this damn thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's my issue. Thinking gasoline will be obsolete. It's not going to be obsolete. It'll be We're going to be using fossil fuels for a long time.
1: I believe you're right, but you know the but the avalanche of bullshit from the other side is it's really unstoppable, guys. It, it just is, you know the the uh, because the, how the how the media's control the messaging and so forth that fossil fuels are evil, your car is evil, electric's the way to go. You know it's just like recently I was out in in uh, Palm Springs, and that's probably I think it's the largest wind farm. In, in the country, it's over four thousand of those things, and it started being built in the 1980s, right, with the bond issues.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And every one of these fucking windmills <laughs> costs three hundred thousand bucks. So you know, do the wow. math on that. Yeah, and they were supposed to, um, you know, when, when when they were supposed to supply all the all the all the electric power necessary for the Coachella Valley, which is Palm Springs and half a dozen other, you know, fair sized towns. But you, you drive through these things, you look at the, these farms, and maybe, maybe 35% of them are working. The others, they've just rusted out. The blades are sitting on the on the desert floor. It's like, what the fuck? You know, it's a complete scam. And still, if you look up the, the companies or, or the utilities that run these things on their websites... They're they're still they're still preaching the same bullshit about we're providing all the power. <laughs> they're not they're not providing all the power. Not even close, you know.
0: So wind, windmills, those are yeah, the, yeah. such a scam because they they you can't put them in a you know where the power is needed. Yeah, we, we, we were driving. Right. My dad and I were driving to uh, Wichita a few weeks yeah. ago, and there's a wind farm yep. um, along 35. I think I don't remember. I think it's. It straddles Oklahoma and Kansas. I don't recall exactly mm-hmm. where it was, but there's not any big cities there. It's all these small towns. yeah. And these windmills just kind of exist out there. And I'm thinking, how does the power get from the windmill to the house? Because the windmill is DC power. It's just right. a giant turbine spinning yeah. and creating a charge. So then you have to transform that into AC, yep. which you yep. lose half of your potential energy there. Yep. And then that comes into your house. Mm-hmm. Or along some kind of transmission line that is somewhere, I guess. So, how much of this actual power is even getting to a place where it can be used, and is not just sure. being spun up to the, to so they can go? Yep, we're going to need a a, a tax write off for this new windmill we built. It's three. It was three hundred thousand dollars. So the tax write off is, of course, four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, and we're going to take these green energy credits and use them to buy more coal because that's what's actually powering yeah. these houses.
4: Yeah.
0: Sure.
1: And what they can't finance that way, they'll watch those carbon taxes start popping up. <sighs> they're coming,
0: baby. Yeah, they are coming. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait to, to receive a, you know, to go to register my car one year. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, what is this? A, it's a 4.6 liter V8. We're estimating mm-hmm. you drive 10,000 miles a year. That's going to be five thousand dollars just to register the car sure and just you know tax on a thing you already own that was sold yeah. to you when it was perfectly legal to drive mm-hmm. these yeah.
1: and you paid tax on it at that time too. yeah so
0: yeah keep on <laughs> paying them well that's my issue um larry why don't you tell everybody about that larry show
1: well um hell like i said i just recently finished uh so I'm on episode 302, this one to be episode 303, and um, it's just a lot of fun. You know, um, the best place to get it is at thatlarisha.com or it's at, you know, Stitcher and Podcast Addict and all the other places. And um, there's a new one every Wednesday or thereabouts. Sometimes I get them in there, you know, Wednesday evening. Sometimes they squeak past midnight, but, you know, it's close enough for rock and roll or government work. And I've um, been having a lot of fun doing it. Meet a lot of cool people. Get some great emails and it's a it's an amalgam, I guess, of uh, of stories, current events. Um, and uh sometimes I play the advice card. People uh ask me about all kinds of things from romance work, you, you name it, and I try to help them out. So
0: it's yep. it. It's a great and they're they're relatively short episodes, you know, 20, 30-ish yep. minutes. So yep. like I said, it's a great, it's a great way to I'll pack up five or six of them in a playlist if I'm doing something like, you know, I was working on a prop for one of the projects we have coming up. And so that was like two or three hours of painting that I was doing. And I just (laughs) had my headphones on. I was listening to your show. So I do, I do recommend, do you recommend it? Check it out. Thank you.
1: Glad you did it. Thank you.
0: Well, uh, do you want to stick around for some voicemails? I think we have a bunch of voicemails this week. Uh, I could do
1: a couple. All right. um, All right. Sure.
0: Well, this has been Here's What I Don't Get. I'm Tab Burke. I'm Tim the Handlebreaker. See you guys next week. If you want to call into the Here's What I Don't Get hotline, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Or you can visit us on Discord and upload an MP3 there. Uh, can finish loading. Three new voicemails.
1: You know, I always wanted to ask Buck and uh, and Chaco where the hell is that theme music from? It's so quirky. Buck, you guys, wrote guys know? It. yeah. Buck wrote that. Did he record it too?
0: Yes. Uh, the That's only God, thing I'm he impressed. didn't record was the horns. I think he, horns. he had that um someone sampled like fivered it. Oh okay. Cool. Oh he fired it. Okay. Yeah, he, he sent them the you know the chords and yeah, yeah, they played it. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, he recorded that all in his, his studio in his old house. I've always thought it sounded like the King of the Hill theme. It does sound like the King of the Hill yeah, thing. He's
1: a talent he's a talented devil, that guy.
0: Yeah, he's a good <laughs> guy. Cool. He is a good guy.
1: <laughs> and Chaco just vanished, man. He's like you
0: know, yeah, he's he's, kind of, he's living like a uh in a monastery, right? <laughs> <laughs> not a monastery. No, he he just uh decided to Exit the internet and focus on his family yep. and taking care of that and being a good dad and good for him, a good husband and yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, yeah. from what I hear he's doing well and good. I'm I think he's probably way ahead of the curve for a lot of us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. He's. Joel Joel's a good dude. I wish got he out was, early. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, well, here's our first voicemail this week. Okay.
5: Hey guys, I just have to say that. I found y'all through the Who Are These podcast, which I found through Nogenda, which I somewhat half-assed third cousin removed, bastardly found through Rogan, because I hadn't really listened to him before. But, and then since through you and through Who Are These podcast, I have now found Crippled Jesus, which means uh, who gives a shit is on my radar. And I'm finding myself entangled in this web of sick motherfuckers that I really, <laughs> really like listening to. But I needed to tell you guys, that the whole, like, when you guys get on your rambles about shit, like the Transformers, I'm that's where I'm at right now. I had to stop and just say something real quick. It's out of control. Anyways, I know this is long. Sorry that I'm taking this long. I just found you guys getting ready to head out on a road trip, so I'm so happy because I looks like there's 200 plus episodes for me to listen to while I'm out there. My name's Sunny. Uh, if you're interested in the cross-country road trip, I'm about ready to go on to you can check it out. Uh, I'm at uh, www.sunnysaysso.com. It's S-U-N-I S-A-Y-A S-A-Y-S-S-O. That's S-U-N-I, Sunny, says so, double S. Y'all take it easy now.
0: So if I take that transitively, it means that they found us through Rogan, which is great. Wow! Wait, I
1: heard no agenda. I didn't hear Rogan in there.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. She said she found us through who are these podcasts which she found oh, out right. about them through no agenda which she found out about that through rogan through so rogan. Okay. i'm just deleting you know, all that middle stuff
2: <laughs> hey, hey
1: man wouldn't that be a fast for some like some some college uh, you know i don't know communications course or something somebody to figure out like a genealogy of these podcasts because here's the odd part man i would have thought the first thing out of her mouth was be they found you through the dick show yeah, yeah but yeah. no isn't that odd i mean it's totally odd
0: yeah. It's, um, it's crazy how, you know, you say someone asked you to be a guest on a show and then, I mean, I, you got asked to be on who's, who are these podcasts, right? And then bam, that's one more person listening. Yeah. yeah. And that, I yeah. mean, that's how, who are these podcasts has, uh, bloomed because he's gone on Anthony Cumia's show and oh, just yeah. a ton of these big shows and really yeah. built a following for his show, which is also great. And speaking of who are these podcasts, Carl is going to be on the show next week.
1: Oh, that's going to, that's, he's so much fun. I love him. He have done he's his a show a really couple of times and he's a pisser. Yeah, that's going to be, good. oh, yes.
0: <laughs> you did the, uh, the one, the like mom and the kid talking about the, uh, what was it? Uh, it's a mom and a kid talking about all the coronavirus stuff, like coronavirus Yes, s- Yes. It was so
1: sick. He picked some great stuff to, uh, to go after and it's a ton of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Carlson, Carlson. It really
0: is. <laughs> well, here's one yeah. from our Discord from Merlot Williams.
3: What's up, guys? This is merlot Williams, and I wanted to just leave this voicemail to weigh in on the Mortal Kombat stuff you guys were talking about on last week's show. Mortal Kombat has gone woke for some time now. As I remember when Mortal Kombat Eleven had come out, there was a big backlash against them removing the scantily clad women's outfits because they wanted to take the series in a, quote, more mature direction, which apparently means covering all of the female characters from neck to ankles. Well, meanwhile, you could take that same woman, stick a spear through the back of her head, and send it shooting out of her mouth, (laughs) and you could rip her spine out, and that was completely fine. If you see a little bit of cleavage, that's objectifying. Yes, a more mature direction. From the company who created the game that's basically re- single-handedly responsible for the ESRB being a thing. I'm not really surprised to find out that they removed Johnny Cage from the movie. You know, a character who's been around since the first game and was alive at the end of Mortal Kombat 11. You know, for the sake of diversity. I actually pre-ordered Mortal Kombat 11 and went in and canceled my pre-order after the outfit fiasco because I'm not going to give my money to a company that actively hates its fan base. Sorry about it. Anyway, take her easy, guys.
0: Yeah, I was vaguely interested in seeing Mortal Kombat, but not anymore. Oh, the movie. That, guy, yeah.
1: that guy's good. Is his is his name Merlot like in the wine? So, uh, yeah. so yes. he said, He's <laughs> <It's> good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think I've seen him or heard him call into the dick show before. Okay. Um, uh this one is long and it says transcription not available. So uh it, it might, might just be nothing. car noise
6: hey guys i was listening to the latest episode and you guys started talking about wokeness and tv shows and you mentioned the expanse and i just wanted to share something i've been noticing more and more in a lot of tv shows that are new and coming out uh, i love the expanse uh, the first three seasons were on the sci-fi channel and then it moved to amazon prime and then so far there's two more seasons four and f- seasons four and seasons five so season four picked back up and i i think it wrapped it wrapped something up but it was it was pretty good but then I noticed with season five, this new level of wokeness, and it's just every single main character is a woman. And it's so far, I'm also watching For All Mankind, and it's that, it's just like they slowly start to kind of ignore the male characters. And like in the expanse, it's like they focus mainly on the Martian shol- soldier who's a chick. They focus on the president of Earth, who's some fucking wrinkly old bitch. They fucking focus on the, <laughs> who he's the belters, about. like the you know the the, the disheveled yeah. like class of people who get to Mars, the Earth, and then the belters. They focus on the female fucking chick, and then of course there was a male counterpart to it, but he gets killed off. And then they focused on the fucking main character's girlfriend like one entire episode is all you see is that bitch's face and she's doing something and it's the same fucking thing for all like for all mankind Like it's set in the 80s And they kind of even introduced like woke stuff And it was like part of the, the movie where it's like oh russia Had its first, first woman, woman on, space. The, the, on the yeah, moon yeah. It's like oh man It's like okay that makes sense and then they started you know getting more and more females in but now this season Uh for all mankind it is nothing but women, they're all in charge. They're all fucking just like that's all you fucking see. And then they treat the men like they're fucking little kids. Like, yes. it's yeah. yeah, it's fucking, I don't fucking get it. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure it's probably the same thing on the opposite side. Where it's like, oh, you just see a bunch of fucking men. And it's like, hey, it doesn't fucking matter. Shut up. It's fucking annoying. And then on top of that, too, there's another goddamn TV show I'm watching where the women are doing, like, impossible feats of fucking strength to save, you guessed it, the fucking main character who's a man. And I'm. you're right, Tab, it's like I can only watch this shit and just fucking get annoyed by it for so long before I just stop fucking watching it. And I had that same exact thought with For All Mankind where they were literally shaming two dudes who were test pilots and one of the planes had a fucking a malfunction and they had to eject. And there's the fucking male or the female boss, there's like the female, other female fucking boss, and they're just like, they're like disciplining them like they're little fucking kids, <laughs> and, and they're just. Uh, and this is probably the longest fucking voicemail I left. Uh, sorry if I ramble, but dude, it's fucking—it's just everywhere now.
0: Yeah, the shitting on men is out of control in media. Oh, totally. If men, if men aren't, they're either they're either completely dumb, just be dumb yeah. beyond belief, yeah. or cartoonishly evil. Mm-hmm. There's no nuance anymore. It's it's all just men are the big the worst of the worst. And I, it started with sitcoms. Oh yeah. Uh, the like the dumb dad trope of yeah, the yeah, 90s yeah. and 2000s just yeah. took hold.
1: Yeah. That's what made me write my uh, my book, My Daddy, because uh, I was so fucking fed up with uh, the the dad bashing that was going on. And it really began with, with uh, All in the Family, with Archie Bunker. Before that, Dad, he might he was okay. He might not have been cool or hip or slick, whatever, but you know, he was a good guy. And then all of a sudden, he's this bigoted bag of shit. And that's basically where it's gone since then, yeah. if you think about it. You know, it's like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think it's, uh, it's funny they did a thing where the Russians put the first woman on the moon. Yeah. Because the Russians put the first woman in space, too. Mm -hmm. right uh in the late for
2: all all
0: mankind they beat us to the moon yeah yeah Yeah. but then they put the first woman on the moon also they beat us again after yeah yeah Yeah. the reason why they put the first woman in space was to win woke points in the 60s of saying like yeah we put a woman in space because they just fired her up there and then her thing immediately auto-returned it wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't yeah. like a real astronaut where they flew around and looked out the window and took some notes and yeah. stuff. They were just like, right. "Yeah, there's a lady <laughs> up there. All righty, we beat you guys. Look at how like uh, culturally that's open right. we are." Because that's what, um, in watching these some documentaries about the moonshot and specifically looking into the Soviet moonshot, because to me that's far more. Well, it's not far more fascinating, but it's uh, you. Don't, you yeah. yeah, I don't know as much about exactly. it yeah. at this point in my life and and you know expanding from that cuz you know you read about the moonshot stuff and then i say you know i'm reading that and i think well i now i want to kind of know more culturally at large what's also going on cuz this book i'm reading is very narrowly focused so then i read some other stuff and my perception of what the communists were doing in russia through the cold war was a their their whole thing was not on doing things but giving the perception of having done things that's why they do these parades of like look at all our missiles we're parading around and you know three of them worked and the rest were empty shells but it was this nice show of force and like we march in lockstep and we have these great vistas and these these this high art and entertainment we're putting women in space but it was all a facade to hide the fact that they're, you know, their buildings would just collapse. Collapse.
2: Yeah.
0: Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> well, we got one last one here. It looks like it's from Sunny again. Sunny.
5: So the last call that I just made. This is Sunny again. I didn't actually ever get to. Here's what I don't get because I was <laughs> felt like I was going too long. I was dumbfounded by the Transformers discussion, which. I was very interested in, I liked the dumbed down Transformers, like I didn't play with Transformers, I mostly played out in the streets, but you know, basketball, softball, baseball, whatever was going on. I also have realized from listening to your episodes, cause I did want to vote on the, like, analogy with whatever niche the guest has as a good option. I thought that was great, uh, like, yeah. and I thought that Cripple Jesus did an amazing job. I like him so, like, I really enjoy listening to him. He's very intelligent, and the things he says are great. I also have realized I'm not as big of a Star Trek fan as I thought I was. I totally <laughs> thought I was a fan. But I will say that I only saw the 2009 movie, I was not impressed. Picard was fine, whatever. But, But I'm a TNG girl all the way. Like, that's my gig. Here's what I don't get like childhood cartoons today versus like <laughs> the wow, wow. And yeah. Thundercats and He-Man and She-Ra because <laughs> the cartoons of like yesteryear, I guess is a good way to say it, used to make us get up and act out our stuff. I, I remember climbing all over everything. It is going too long, but I'm just saying I don't understand why the cartoons of today for the kids just mesmerize them and make them zombies? They watch the TV without any interaction whatsoever.
6: Yeah, that's a so good that's point. That's what I have to say.
5: Y'all take it easy now.
0: When I was a kid, like you'd watch He-Man or Transformers or whatever, I and then you go out in the yard He-Man. and play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I guess that is not not that doesn't really happen now. Because kids don't go play outside. Yeah,
1: yeah. They don't. Activities ex- in, in discouraged, really.
0: What a what a perfect voicemail to end on this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Perfectly tied into what we were talking about. That almost never totally. happens. Yeah. Well, Larry, I want to thank you again for giving us uh, your time and graciously Dad, thank waiting. Thank
1: you. Um, thank you. Thank you for the great content. Tim, it's great to meet you.
0: Yeah, great to meet you, too. And, and um, We'll have yeah. to have you on, on again. Um, hopefully
2: it's not 200 episodes later
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh do check out that larry show it's a great show i love it thank you so until next time everybody this has been here's what i don't get